Morning. Let us remember the words of Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Like a tree. In the Old Testament reading from Jeremiah chapter 17, starting in verse 8, Brian read, He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in a year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And then in Psalm 1, verse 3, we read, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So I wanted us to uh, consider this morning that phrase, like a tree, in those passages, and see what they might hold for us today. Of course, we know that uh, the intent of the words were not that we actually should become trees, but that's a literary device. It's often used in our conversations to help express the ideas that we have. Um, but uh, I had to look this up because I didn't remember it. It's been too many long since I've thought about it, but I'm sure the author in our midst is well aware of these kinds of details and technicalities of our language, of languages in general, not just English, I'm sure. Uh, but when a phrase starts with the word like or as, it's called a simile, which is a type of metaphor. And if, uh, if you use an, an analogy like, I am the door, which doesn't have the word like or as in the phrase, then it's just a metaphor, it's not a simile. So there's your English lesson for the day. But uh, there are other things we saw in Scripture. Uh, Jesus talked about us being like a vine, or actually he didn't say like, he said, uh, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches. So... Uh, but we know he didn't mean that he was literally becoming a plant, a vine, <clears throat> but was simply expressing the idea that he is the source and our life is dependent upon him for, for sustenance and for growth and for bearing fruit. So in uh, the passage from Jeremiah that was preceded by Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Who, and it repeats that phrase, who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts in the Lord. He is like a tree planted bow. So the foundation for this, for this blessing, for this analogy is that we trust in the Lord. It goes on to say a tree... Um, sends its roots out by the stream. So it's important that we seek to have healthy roots. That's uh, 
foundational to our Christian walk and our faith that we seek to put our let our roots go down deep into the soil. It says it does not fear when when heat comes. So I considered the heat to represent uh, persecution. When persecution comes, we do not fear. Uh, but there are other types of there. There's cold. The tree. I think the we could say the tree does not fear when it when it's cold. And of course, we consider cold to be uh, an analogy of rejection. So, whether we have persecution or rejection, the wind. The trees. A strong tree will withstand tremendous amount of wind. We can think of the wind as resistance or even as attacks against us. Uh, so a, a good, healthy, strong tree with its deep roots can withstand persecution, rejection, any kind of resistance, and even attacks against us. Next it says that its leaves remain green. Its leaves remain green. And to me that expresses the idea of stability, of of a consistency based upon the trust in the Lord and not in not a trust in circumstances, not a certainly not a trust in our own strength, uh, but a trust in the Lord and, and upon his faithfulness and his provision. A tree is not anxious in the year of drought. Jesus expounded on that quite a bit in his teaching, didn't he? He said, fear not, do not worry more than once. Uh, it's human nature to want to worry, and we are usually pretty good at it. But uh, over and over again, starting even here in the Old Testament, we understand that it's not God's desire, it's not his plan, it's not his will that we go through life worried and anxious and uh, fearful and uncertain of the future or how the present may turn out. But to go through life with a peace and a contentment based upon that trust in His goodness and His ability to take care of us and His ability to take even bad things that come our way and somehow uh, work good, produce good out of it. So our leaves remain green. Um, I don't want to take this too far, but it, it, it has the implication that from a distance as, as we pass by others, as others pass by us and they see us, they, they, see, they see health, they see prosperity, they see uh, uh, stability. So its leaves remain green, it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So when we talk about bearing, bearing fruit as a Christian, we obviously think of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, and patience, kind of sounds like green leaves, doesn't it? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness and the one we all hate to hear, self-control. How much energy does the tree extend to produce fruit? I don't think the tree works hard at producing fruit. It just bears fruit. It's just its nature. It's in its DNA. And so should a Christian just bear fruit without striving, without working, um, but just by the life that we live as we're walking through this journey and our trust in the Lord. He goes on to say, in all that he does, he prospers. The verse from, uh, from Psalm 1 says, in all that he does, he prospers. And uh, I immediately thought of Father Ron's comment that he makes often, especially when he was in Africa, he kept saying, it's not my story, this is Jesus' story. You know, we're lost in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, in a dangerous country, but his, his conclusion of the matter was, it's not my story, it's Christ's story. He's living it in me and through me. And uh, it turned out okay, thank, thank goodness, praise the Lord. Uh, they finally found their destination and he finally found his way back home. All in one piece. As far as the idea of, of success and uh, prosperity goes we see in the Old Testament what we consider the law, the commandments of God the rules and regulations found all throughout the Old Testament, they set a very high bar they set a very high bar for, for a life um, but in the Old Testament we didn't see the provision for satisfying the requirements of the law we do see that in the New Testament it's grace so if the law sets the bar without providing the means to satisfy its requirements then grace lifts you up and over the bar and therefore it enables or provokes or stimulates worship the law sets the bar but grace lifts you up and over the bar and enables, provokes, or stimulates worship. So, as you read verses like this, does it make you want to be like a tree planted by streams of water? Does it create in you the desire that that could be said about your life, that you're like a, a tree planted by streams of water, that its leaves do not wither, its leaves remain green, it bears fruit, it's not anxious in the year of drought? Uh, I think most Christians would answer yes to that question although we might, all, we might not always affirm that by the choices and actions that we make uh, but I think it is something we, we desire but if you follow down and listen to Brian's reading the next verse said from Jeremiah 17 verse 9 said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it? 
And that brings me back to my thoughts uh, of how can we as a Christian, as a believer, how can we guard against being self-deluded? How can we know that in our mind, in our perceptions of our life, in our perceptions of our faith and of ourselves, that we're not just walking around completely self-deluded with everybody else thinking, you know, what does this guy or this woman even think she's doing when what we can see she says one thing, but her life is so much different and that kind of thing. Well, <clears throat> I think the keys to that is, again, to recognize, as the bishop has been emphasizing over and over, it's, as, a, as a Christian, as a believer, Christ is in us. And it's not that in order for us to be like a tree by planted by streams of water that we have to work for it or we have to seek additional uh, gifts from the Lord it's, it's within us by the mere fact that we've accepted Christ and that he, he is within us there are some helpful things we can do to uh, prevent the obstacles that prevent that prohibit us from uh, experiencing this, this abundance isn't that just another in the a tree planted by streams, in that whole uh, visual image, another way of saying the abundant life. Jesus said, "I came that you might have life and have it abundantly." So, a, tr a healthy tree that's bearing fruit is a symbol and a and a uh, a vision or an image of that idea of having a, a the abundant life. Well, verse 2 of Psalm 1 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law He meditates day and night. So that, that goes back to the foundation of our faith in our Christian walk is, is stewing over the Word, soaking in the Word, meditating on the Word, seeking truth and light from the Word of God, that it might bring us to, to Christ, that it might reveal God's heart to us, that it might affirm in us that God is for us and that He is on our side. And He, al he always desires what's best for us. So again, as we pursue this abundant life we need to remember that trees do not strive uh, what are some other other analogies we see we see Christ talking about his believers being sheep and we know that sheep are extremely dependent upon the shepherd so we need to be completely dependent upon the good shepherd upon Christ we need to be connected we need to be uh, we don't need to stray too far from the from the herd, or what do you call sheep? The flock, flock of sheep. Uh, we need to stay with the flock. We don't need to venture off as a lone ranger. Uh, stay connected to Christ and to our fellow believers. We need to choose fellow travelers wisely. We need to choose those people that we spend our time around 
and we look to for guidance uh, wisely and they pray for discernment that we choose those that would be encouraging, that would be truthful, that would help us uh, to become more Christ-like in our walk and in our life. We also need to not just be inward focused, we need to look outward, we need to look for others to bless, to encourage, to minister to, to, uh, to share with if they're without and if they are in need, we need to share generously what we have to bless others. And we need to be aware of the many gifts and blessings in our own life and always seek for things to give thanks for. And we need to be rooted and grounded again in Christ and in His and in the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 3 says, actually it's a prayer. It's a, in the middle of this letter to the church of Ephesus, Paul breaks into his letter with his prayer. In the, uh, in the Eng English Standard Version, the ones on the, on the chairs, the paperback versions that we have, <clears throat> It has a, a title over this passage called The Prayer for Spiritual Strength. Paul prays for the church of Ephesus, he says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and depth. The breadth, the length, the height, and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power of work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You'd think that was the end of the, the letter, but he, then he can, picks back up and continues on with his instructions to him. But what a beautiful prayer, something that we should uh, go back to over and over again. And I love that, that image of that you may be strengthened in your inner being, that you be rooted and grounded in love, and able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length. So the breadth and length, can, that, that covers to the right and to the left and ahead and behind you. And then the height and depth, that covers above and below you. So you're completely surrounded and enveloped in the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Being filled with the fullness of God, that is a tree whose leaves will not wither. Amen. Let's stand together and proclaim our common faith in the Nicene Creed on page 358.